Hi, hello, and welcome to M.Dot Paradise, a podcast where we talk about the wide, wild world of games with a focus on PC gaming. This is episode number 11. My name is Ben, and today I am joined by the one and only Senor Romeo. How you doing, bud? Very, very good. Really happy to be here. As we're going to be doing this podcast, just you and me, sadly. No other boys around, but it is what it is. Exactly. Busy, you know, busy doing their own thing. We got uh, Tev, our our usual mainstay, uh, being that respiratory therapist, living that life out on the job. So uh, I know, unfortunately, he's going to have to skip this one. But uh, hopefully we can have him next week and uh, we have that forward to. Um, so yeah, let's kick it off. We hope to bring you thoughtful discussions about upcoming titles and platforms, as well as insight into the world of PC gaming from our POVs as 20-something broke boys struggling for that 4K 144 FPS gold standard we all know and love. With that little intro out of the way, let's get into it. First off, how we doing? You and I just got done in a, in a very, uh, another very intimate setting. Uh, this time we were joined by your father. This this sounds terrible as the lead up, but um, we we went rock climbing, we went bouldering, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, so yeah, how were how did you feel? I mean, you can talk about the uh, rock climbing, uh, of course, but uh, as well outside of it, let's not uh, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, the rock climbing was great. I mean, it's something that we it's becoming sort of a thing that we're doing Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the podcast, which I enjoy. And uh, as you said today, my dad joined us. And I was really excited to see him climbing because he has been training quite a bit back in Mexico. Mm. And I just wanted to see if it was, if he could, if he could walk the walk. If he could hang. Essentially, yeah. And... I've never felt so humiliated <laughs> in my life before. Right. And hang he did. Yeah, the man is 64 and he was like flashing things that I couldn't even do. So. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, but, wild to see. Yeah, it was a fun time. I, I always enjoyed climbing with you and with the boys. Um, so I had a great time. And outside of that and outside of gaming, I mean... I've been working on the documentary. Our Kickstarter campaign is about to get to to its end, and um, well, uh, we're getting prepared for finishing production in January. So I'm flying to Mexico after New Year's ish, and um, gonna be there for like a month. Damn. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the forecast. Um, and where can in, uh, people find that if they uh, want to go? Right, right, right. Uh, if if you're interested in looking at the project and what we're doing, you can look us up in on Kickstarter as Visible Mending, and you can watch the trailer there and learn more about the project. Ben is involved, and all the beautiful graphics <laughs> that we use are his doing. Um, so please go. Go take a look and see what we're working on outside of this podcast. By the way, I love the new um, logo and the new look. Oh, it's, sweet. Yeah. It's I totally really forgot smooth. to mention it to you. Yeah. No, I, I saw the story today on Instagram and I really, really liked it. So I, I see that. I, I mean, I'll share it on mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I really like it. It's really nice. And I hope people like it as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For those unaware, we just did a, or at, at the time of hearing this, this will be the first uh, episode with the uh, new look, but we've essentially done a M. or I have done an M. Paradise uh, night mode. Um, and I think it, I think it looks fantastic. Romeo agrees. And, uh, I, I'm definitely enjoying, um, the sort of, uh, you know, aesthetic that we're, uh, fitting into, or at least that I'm finding for this podcast. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely have evolutions moving forward. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, for episode 11 to have as good as a, a face that we do, uh, I'm enjoying it. And that's what I do, you know, outside of everything. I, I am a designer, so it gives me something to do. Um, yeah, but how are you outside of gaming and outside of climbing? Exactly. Yes. Um, uh, fantastic. I mean, fantastic is a bit of a stretch, but I'm not bad. <laughs> I can't complain. Um, just wrapped up my final uh, semester at uh, Front Range, so I am now uh, an associate, an AAS of multimedia graphic design, which well, basically means nothing. <laughs> Yes, we can celebrate, or we should. We um, must. I know we didn't even celebrate for my birthday, and uh, I know, you know that's I don't know that it's going to happen. Not that I mind. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and literally, like one major thing just rolls into the other, and I, you know, I feel like none of us really uh, have control of that or have time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's a there's a bit of an insight there on uh, what I was doing uh, work-wise. Now, basically nothing. I am finding work. Um, and hopefully, you know, that'll lead uh, to somewhere. There are a couple uh, seeds that have been planted and hopefully uh, a couple of them root. But, you know, if not, we're just going to keep trucking along. Uh, we got this baby right here to uh, keep us company. And uh, I think if anything is undefined, in a world of so many indefinites, this is our definitive corner. So... We'll cherish it as we can, which I think is a fantastic transition into our next uh, segment, which is, uh, you know, how we're doing in games. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll just, you know, kick it off real quick uh, saying what I've been playing, um, which is uh, Halo Infinite and Century Age of Ashes. I think you all know uh, and understand where I am on Halo, and I won't harp on that. It's just fantastic. I, I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> and for you, Romeo, I think the campaign is perfection. Um, yeah, is it like story wise or what are we talking about? Uh, so <laughs> like the story isn't bad, but you know, it's Halo. Like it's, mm. it's traditional shoot 'em up, like against all odds, you know, the, there's this crazy alien force and we got to defeat them. You know, nothing crazy. The characters same, I do enjoy same old, though. Same old. Yeah, exactly. The characters I do enjoy though. Uh, Master Chief. Uh, he takes a while to start getting talkative, but I'm at a section now to where he's he's pretty witty, uh, and I'm I'm surprised by it and, and enjoying that. And then he's joined by uh, two sidekicks, um, and I think you you would enjoy them. Um, so yeah, like I said, I recommend it. Campaign is uh, fantastic, and from a gameplay standpoint, I think they nailed it. Um, Free Room Halo, it, it was kind of a weird idea to begin with, but. Uh, I think it works well. And the only thing that the only thing that makes it work is that grappling hook. Because uh, if you're not <laughs> if you don't have that grappling hook, you are so much more constrained in your movement and just tre uh, trekking across the map would take so much more time, even with vehicles. Um, so, you know, they made it work. Uh, and 
I recommend it to everybody. As for Century Age of Ashes, though, I don't know why I, I transitioned and made that sound so uh, so uh, antithetical to what Halo is. Century Age of Ashes is awesome. I fucking love it. Um, I think, it? yeah, I was going to say, I think you, Romeo, would also might gravitate towards it. I will say, though, it is PvP. There's no single player. There's no PvE. Um, mm. So you do have to play against other people. But you're riding fucking dragons. And so, like, I, I think you should look past it and just give it a try. Um, you're a dragon rider, uh, a battler of dragons. And it's kind of a fusion between, like, flight sims, or not not even sims, but, you know, flying games. Um, and then, like, really old, like, arena-style shooters with, um, they're, they're, like, jump pads and stamina, uh, they're essentially like areas that if you fly over, you regain stamina. Um, okay. And then there are power ups, there are shields, there are class abilities, there are. Uh, it's a crazy amount of stuff. Um, but I do recommend it. I think it's uh, it's a sleeper and it's free. There's no reason you you shouldn't try it. Um, plus, you. There is a reason. There is a reason. What is that? Yeah. There's so many other games oh, to try. Right. That, that's true. But this one's like a, a free one that you just, you know, play a game or two and drop and go on. You come back to it every once in a while. The The game modes are pretty cool. Like, there's, of course, the traditional, you know, just get as many kills. But the one that, uh, the other two that are in there, one is a, like, treasure hoarding game mode. Where mm-hmm. two teams of six, which is a lot. Like, this is crazy. Like, the maps are gigantic when you think about it. Um, and, and they're so gorgeous, like they're castles, they're on top of like frozen lakes half the time and everything just looks super good. Um, but, uh, in the treasure hoarding mode, you, uh, both teams essentially fight each other as well as, um, some AI, the AI doesn't fight back, but it, they, they are called, um, caravans or, uh, convoys, uh, gold convoys. And you essentially, you know, kill them and killing them rewards you, uh, gold. Or even doing okay. damage to them reward you gold. And then you have to take that gold back to your base. And then uh, the team, of course, at the end with the most gold wins. Um, however, the way they sort of switch it up is that at certain moments, there are like spectral dragons that will appear. And that if you kill, if you're the one that kills it, you immediately get your ultimate. Um, as well, uh, there are keys that can lock down um, the enemy's vault, so they can't deposit. So all of the stuff that they have on them, they can't, you know, uh, get rid of and uh, sack away until they kill the person on the opposing team that has their key. Um, and then when it gets really late game, you can, I believe, if you are either in first position on either team, or I don't know exactly how it works, but a, a player on your team can be rewarded a bomb. And the enemy team is alerted to this, and they will then try and kill that player while that player tries to go to their base and blow up their coffers. Um, And if they are successful in making it all the way back to their base, um, it'll blow them up and get rid of half, which is devastating when it gets to late game. Um, And then basically in the late late game when it's about to end, a la Harry Potter golden snitch style there's a jewel that spawns and you have to try and hold it for as long as possible and if you have it when the game ends um you're basically giving your team an extra 500 gold which is a pretty substantial amount 
um, but it's just a one singular singular item. Um, so that's a that, that's a deep explainer of that game mode, and then I'll just briefly mention the last one, which is a, uh, a almost like race where each team has to go through the specified checkpoints throughout the map. However, only one team can gain the points from each checkpoint depending on who is holding the flag. So in essence, you're both fighting for this flag, but on top of fighting for the flag, once you have the flag, you have to constantly be rotating throughout the map, hitting these checkpoints in order to even get points. Um, so it's pretty crazy. But I do recommend, and uh, it's honestly pretty surprising, and, uh, you know, if you can uh, give it a try, or there's no reason you shouldn't give it a try, so I, I would hi- highly recommend that you do. Okay. Um I think you you might have convinced me there. It, it sounds pretty pretty fun. So <laughs> it's like super epic. Like the, like the that is the word that you would use for this because you're like I said you're flying dragons in and around castles. There are like these crazy like shortcuts that you can take, like vortexes almost that are like mm-hmm. on the edge of the map. And if you go into your dragon goes into like a super skinny mode, and y'all get shot out. The other end of the tunnel, like blazing. Fire. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Um, but yeah. So, how are you though, Romeo? What have you, <laughs> what have you been up to? It's very evident that you know I've been on these two uh, titles. But how about yourself? Yeah, I once again, honestly, just like last week, I haven't been able to play much. Um, but I did get a little bit of a couple of hours of Hades, Ooh. and. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you got my first couple of fights against Hades, and mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, is that hard. Um, yeah, but... I feel like once you defeat, um, what are the names? The Wombo Combo. Um, oh, fu- yeah, I can't even remember them. Yeah, the, the Minotaur and what's his face? Theseus, I think. Um, Theseus and something. Uh, I think it's the Minotaur. Yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah, I I always end that fight with such little, like, yeah, but... no health, <laughs> no respawns, and then it's like straight into fighting Hades, and it's just not doable. It's just like it's hard. It's hard, and I've gotten there with like really good boons and combos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, nope, ain't gonna happen. Um, so yeah, um, but the I mean the the cool thing is that as you're trying this stuff, the story sort of progresses as well. Even though mm-hmm. like you're not getting anywhere, you're learning more stuff about the characters and about yourself and about the world, um, and you're unlocking new characters as well. Uh, or more gods or goddesses come to visit you and help you. And I thought that was pretty cool because I, I thought that I had unlocked all of the gods from Olympus. And then I can't remember her name, but she's Demetra. the old one. Yeah, there you go. She appears and I was like, oh. I know. I I think that game is surprising in that it always has more. Like, yeah, when it's... you think you've reached like the kind of you know, you're going to start getting repeating dialogue or, you know, stuff like that. Nope. Mm. They're like, we, we got it. It's a, yeah. it's pretty surprising. Yeah. And I also met, what's his face? Um, 
the God of Death. No, uh, the one that is oh yeah, Thanatos. Gonna, you know, Thanatos. There we go. So many names. Um, I met him, and I did that thing where you have to defeat more enemies mm-hmm. than than him, and, and I couldn't do it. So I know. <laughs> I I also just met him again. We're not just met it but had him encounter for probably the i don't know fifth or sixth time and i still i've beat him like twice and i couldn't beat him this last time so oh well yeah it's not it's really hard um so i was also trying not to die but anyways uh that's where i'm at i'm also kind of sad that i haven't been able to play any destiny um i did well this was like a couple (laughs) weeks ago but i don't think I was here for the podcast that week, mm. um, but I played the dungeon in the um, in the moon. I don't think we've done that, you and I. Oh yeah, no. Uh, and it's honestly one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. I I did it with my cousin. It was just me and him. It took us a good like almost three hours. I want to say. Because it was his first time yeah. as well. So we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and it's good. It's really good. I mean, the, the setting is amazing. Um, is that and... the one like on the astral plane? No, it's like you're like in, you know, this sort of witches, the hive witches that sometimes appear in some of yeah. the strikes and. Yeah, it's basically in one of their, I don't know what, what it is. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. it's in their their realm. Realm, yeah. It, uh, it's it's hard. not a physical place. It's like you go through a, a portal or something to get to, no? No. Oh. Well, I'm trying to remember. I mean, obviously it's physical in that you interact with it. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember if you do, but I can't. I, I don't remember. But we mm-hmm. should do it. Uh, we should play that one. And then we should play the one and there's another one that we haven't done like that I think is in the Tangle Shore or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, we haven't done any of them. Um, I mean, we'll, we've only done one. And I think right now you and I are at the level where we could try one on mm. our own. Okay. Just, just you and me. Sure. Because um, I don't think Bryce is ever coming back to Destiny. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, think so either. Or two games in general. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's me. Very nice. I I think there's nothing wrong with Hades and like no, to devote, I, I really like it. Yeah, I think if if that's all you can squeeze in, that's all you can squeeze in. I think that's the beauty behind it as well is that it's one of those games that you don't need hours to set a set aside for it. You can right. pick it up, play for half an hour, and you know be on your way. Or you know, one of the ways I do it, I have it on a Switch at uh, Kylie's place, and then I have mm. it on my PC. But you can do a cross-save so that anytime I play on my Switch or on my PC, it's the same game, um, oh, which is fantastic. So, you know, it's always there whenever, wherever I am. And uh, for those that, you know, don't have much time and can only fit in one game at a time and even then can only play for a couple, Hades is uh, definitely a good choice. Yes, that's what I've been doing. Like, like I need twenty minutes to unwind. Let's just do exactly. uh, 80s run, and that's it. Yeah, in and out. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of hard though. It's because it's it has that 
addictive factor to it. Yeah, it's like, that one more. You, yeah, you get so close and you're like, I can do this. Yeah. And you go back to it. But sometimes <laughs> and then you, you can't. can't. And then you hate everything. And then you want to try it again. And then you can't. And then you hate it. You know, it's just a cycle. Yes. Which is self-referential in the story. Beautiful cycle. Exactly. Well, sweet. I think that's a, a good little good little cap for that, um, which means we can jump straight into the news. And boy, oh boy, is there a plethora. <laughs> Number one, I think the uh, talk of the town at the moment was the Game Awards last week. Um, and so we can uh, quickly go over what won, uh, what was snubbed, and uh, you know what we have to look forward to. So uh, obviously, right off the bat, Game of the year, it takes two. I called this literally on a on a solo episode, or was it with you? No, it was last week, but there was no fucking either way. I called it. Um <laughs> and I I am so happy that it won. And it was hilarious uh when uh the main dev Ferris went up to uh receive the award. He was like, you know, I was here, you know, a couple years ago, twenty seventeen, saying fuck the Oscars. Um and the Oscars got fucked. Uh, and everybody had a good laugh and, uh, you know, he's just known for being that bombastic. And so it was nice to see him, uh, you know, get his, get his due diligence or due diligence, his justice. I don't know what the saying is. Either way, it takes two phenomenal game. I recommend it to anybody that can play it. Um, I don't believe it's on game pass. So there is that you do have to purchase it, I believe. Um, but it, it, it's phenomenal. It changes up the gameplay constantly. It changes up the environment constantly. And the entire time you're playing it uh, with, you know, one of your best mates or a friend or uh, a partner. Um, And it makes y'all feel fantastic. Uh, It's a feel-good story, um, narratively. uh, So literally nothing wrong with it. And uh, it it shows. Won a game of the year. After that, um, best direction or best art direction as well as just game direction in general um, two separate awards, but taken home by one game, Deathloop. Uh, I I could see this, uh, though there were some people kind of uh, raising the eyebrow, um, especially for art direction when other games like uh, Psychonauts um, exist um, that have these crazy worlds that are super fleshed out and every bit, it, not that Deathloop isn't, but Deathloop is definitely more of your prototypical shooter that has some sci-fi elements, you know. It's nothing too crazy. Uh, and it kind of has like a, a weird like retro 70s, 80s futurist flair. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it won the award. And I, I, don't, I don't see anything uh, good or bad with that. It, it is what it is. After that, another game that took home two separate awards was Forza Horizon 5 for both best audio as well as best sports and or racing, um, which is one title, sports and racing. Um, I think this is fantastic. Forza Horizon uh, wasn't on Game of the Year or wasn't nominated for Game of the Year, but I think a lot of people actually wanted wanted it to be um, because everybody who's played it agrees that even if you're not a car person, this game's just fun. Uh, it looks fantastic, and it sounds great, and it just immerses you um, in the world and gives you, you know, essentially keys to the palace. You can just roam around, hop in and out of cars, do whatever you want, fuck shit up in the jungle, do street race, be on the beach with crazy dune buggies. Like, literally, w- whatever your off-road, on-road driving dream could be, it can be achieved in uh, Forza Horizon 5. So definitely, definitely deserved um, in those two categories. 
Now, another game that I have no experience with, and I highly doubt Romeo has even heard of, uh, took home Best Action. Uh, so this was Returnal, a first-party IP out of Sony. Um, very similar in, in mechanics to Hades, actually. Um, a roguelike. Yeah, I was just looking at the trailer for it. Yeah. It has you, you know, live, die, repeat, uh, Edge of Tomorrow style. Uh, against this alien uh, you're on an alien planet you're this crazy i don't I, I don't know if she's a scientist or just an astronaut or i don't know any of the story i don't have a ps5 it's only on there maybe tevin will uh one day be the uh, insight on this but for right now it's uh just an action roguelike that has you uh going through this planet or multiple planets and defeating this alien horde uh and evidently people loved it and so it, it definitely won best looks action. way more intense than Hades. <laughs> oh, you really think so? I think yeah. just because it's 3D versus 2D. Uh, well, yeah, that might be it, actually. But yeah, it looks whack. It's pretty wild. It is pretty zany and neon. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's a game I gravitate towards aesthetically. Um, so I, I don't even know if I had a PS5 that I would pick it up. I'd probably play something else like, you know, one of the Spider-Mans or God of War again. Um, but yeah. One best action. After that, best narrative went to Guardians of the Galaxy. Sucks that we don't have Tevin here because uh, he was the one lauding it a couple of weeks back. Um, And so for it to win best narrative of the year was pretty surprising. Obviously, it doesn't beat game of the year, but still to have best narrative um, definitely shows some good writing chops on the uh, side of the writers and uh, I guess game director. Yeah, um, I have to try it. Yeah, exactly. So give that a try whenever and uh, if you can. And then finally, the only other award of note, at least as it pertains to us, was Best Ongoing and Community Support, which went to Final Fantasy XIV. Um, this is an online MMO, uh, and literally none of us, except for one boy who shall not be named, no, uh, not who shall not be named, uh, he's just a, a butt of ours who doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't do public stuff too much. Um, mm-hmm. He he loves this game. Um, and I think there are a lot of people that uh, are alongside him because I'm fairly certain that this MMO is the number one um, MMO at the moment. So to see it win best ongoing, as well as community support, which signifies not that the developers supported the community, but rather that the community supported the developers. Um, I think this is uh, well-deserved. And uh, I guess just shows, hey, MMOs are still the shit. At least Final Fantasy fourteen is still a shit. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Outside of awards, we had a plethora of trailers. I think, uh, you know, it, it, Game Awards go hand-in-hand hand with trailers and has, in essence, taken the spot, or not the spot of E3, but has become, in and of itself, another type of E3. Um and so I'll quickly list off uh, a lot of what we saw with even more that uh, I didn't add here. Uh, but as it pertains to us, we have Evil West, Ark Riders, a Saints Row gameplay trailer, that, that the Saints Row reboot, a Hellblade 2 gameplay trailer, Alan Wake 2 reveal trailer, and then Slitterhead, which is a uh, horror game by the original creator of Silent Hill, and then Nightingale, Suicide Squad gameplay, Sonic Frontier, and finally, this was a uh, I thought hilarious to see Cuphead 
DLC, Delicious Last Course. Um, Romeo, you were able to check out at least some of these trailers. Were any of these uh, really jumping out to you? I mean, let's be frank, Ben. There are only two important ones here. <laughs> um, I knew it. Everything else is really um, collateral damage, but... Let's talk about them. Um, we'll, we'll save the best for the end. Um, I mean, they're, they're, all of the ones that you listed here, except um, maybe Saints Row, I couldn't care about that one. But um, yeah, we don't Evil talk about West, that one. Evil West looks pretty good. It has sort of that, um, I want to say like Gears of Wars um, mm, feel to sure. it, like super gory. Super like fast paced action. Um, I mean, it, I don't know that it's a game that I would gravitate towards, but uh, it looks interesting. I mean, it looks fun, it looks like action packed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, I um, think that that looked awesome. I, I was surprised that uh, you know, we're getting this uh, I guess third person shooter. Set in this, uh, I think, I don't know if he's descending into hell or hell has just been unleashed into the world, uh, but it, it's a pretty cool style. Not that it hasn't been treaded because there's a myriad of, you know, right. crazy West world or not West world, <laughs> but Western games that deal with, you know, zombies or the apocalypse or what have you. Uh, but to see this one be as, uh, I don't know if polish is the right word, but very uh, very graphically impressive and um, a third-person shooter, which a lot of these other Western games are usually like isometric or top-down or you know mm-hmm. twin-stick. Uh, and so mm-hmm. to have a straight-up third-person shooter set in this environment with these crazy with this crazy spectacle, I thought was, uh, was awesome. And uh, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Again, or not again, but uh, to mirror some of your sentiments, I don't know that I would pick it up just yet. Uh, but if we see some more, you know, gameplay or story, uh, I might have to. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. Apart from that, I mean, Arc Ra- Arc Raiders. Oh, is it Arc Raiders? Is it? I have Arc Riders, but let me let me see if yeah, it's... it's Arc Raiders. I have the trailer here. Okay. Um. It, it looks really fun. Uh, I mean, out of out of the unimportant trailers that you have listed here, <laughs> um, Arc Raiders, I think, is my favorite. I mean, the worlds, or world, I don't know if it's a single one or many, uh, look pretty cool. Uh, the action looks exciting. Um, it just has, like, this openness and this vastness, uh, this feeling of you're, you're in a huge world or worlds it looks really cool um i like the aesthetic it will be free by the way say no more exactly i i thought this jumped out at least to me because i was getting very heavy like destiny vibes mm, almost like a destiny why. prequel that's probably um, why i'm liking it yeah 100 percent. yeah, 100%. yeah like, i mean it feels more like as I was saying, like more open world ish. I don't know if it's because it's not first person, um, right? But like everything just looks huge. Yeah, um, the scale definitely was there. Um, yeah, but like I was saying, I think there's a lot of uh, like the aesthetic. I think you could 
literally, if you slapped Destiny, the, you know, the, fir- the fuck, what's a good title? What's a good subtitle to describe before Destiny 1? Um, uh, Destiny, the uh, eclipse, you know, when the, when the traveler comes to Earth and everything, you know, everything is hitting the fan. But Earth has yet to, you know, really push into this new technological area. I think this you could have totally sold me on this just being a Destiny prequel. Because, um, right. you know, when you look at it, it in essence, you are doing squad gameplay. You're fighting mm-hmm. these crazy large-ass monsters. And mm-hmm. you're no doubt getting, you know, gear that you are using not only to look good, but as, uh, you know, that have specific character tra- character traits or, or roles um and so to see this it, it immediately jumped out to me and here that it's going free to play i think is good um though of course we always gotta wait for that monetization system to come in um and really then test whether or not it's worth it uh but yeah like you were saying i think this looks fantastic the vastness the scale um and then the gameplay didn't look too bad uh so definitely one to look out for yeah and after that uh, Slitterhead looks. I mean, I didn't like the trailer. Um, I think. I think it might might have potential as a horror. I mean, definitely the uh, the monsters are really creepy. Oh, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. The trailers didn't didn't sell me. Yeah. On it. So, but it's as you said by the creator of Silent Hill, which is a game that I really enjoyed. Um, so maybe, maybe, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, for a lot of these, we were only seeing a very small amount, and, um, you know, so the jury's out on basically everything, and this is included. I don't know that this is something that I'll even be looking to, uh, to see yeah. how it develops. Uh, horror isn't really my genre, not that there's anything wrong with horror, but, like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of cases that yeah, it's just not the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like when you know when it comes to phasmophobia or you know sort of indie horror, I could get behind that all day. But a lot of AAA horror, I've been let down with. Yeah, it's um, just jump scares. Mostly. Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Then Nightingale. It looks so weird. I know um, that I immediately. I know that I am gonna need to play it. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just like that kind of creative weirdness mm-hmm. that I really like. For example, in games like Dark Souls or more recently, um, Dead Stranding. Mm-hmm. It everything is just so weird. The the worlds look very cool. Um. The one thing that I kind of like was like the human faces. Those look so weird, <laughs> but um, but like everything else looks so whack and so like I I want to know the story of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, immediately I can tell that the story is going to be interesting. Um, I'm curious to see though, if there's even going to be a story. You think there won't? I mean, I think there are a, a lot of, of these games that have like base building, like you saw, really don't have stories, you know? Hmm. I could see that. Like Rust is a lot. A lot of people are saying this could be a Rust or a the mm. forest, you know, that have oh, gotcha, the, gotcha. the main hook is that you're in this world and you're surviving in it. 
And so the story usually gets pushed off to the side. Um, and if there is a story, it's like the forest. It's not really explained. You kind of have to do a lot of digging. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I unfortunately, I mean, we, this this might totally be wrong. But from uh, what a lot of people have been seeing and saying is that, you know, that, that might not be the angle that people go to this for. But hopefully I'm wrong. Right, right, right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I will say that when uh, I saw this, I was with Kylie and she she had she was like, wow, this looks pretty interesting. And I just turned to her and I was like, pip, pip, cheerio, off to shoot some monsters. Um, <laughs> because I just couldn't get it out of my head with this sort of like neo-Victorian uh, you know, yeah. regalia and weapons. And then you have yeah, these so- like Pan's Labyrinth-esque monsters coming at you. Um, yeah. really just a satyr. That's the only thing that makes Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I, I, I mean, like, like you were saying, I, I think the art style is definitely pretty intriguing. Um, and you know, to base build with the buds in a world like this, I would have no problem with that, even if there was no story. So, right. I'll definitely keep an eye on this and, uh, it sounds like you will as well. TC scene. All right. And then next up, Oof. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Um, not I'm not really a superhero game fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've played a couple of Batman games, but the Arkham series. Yeah, did you I ever mean, finish any of them? I finished one. I can't. I can't remember which one. Mm. Um, it looks interesting. I mean, lots of fighting, lots of action. But yeah, uh, this is the studio that did the Arkham series. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, it looks. It looks just like that, like a superhero game, just mm-hmm. like fighting, 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 fighting. I don't know that the story would, uh, if there's, like, I, I, I don't know, not, not my kind of thing. Mm. I, I am the exact opposite. When I saw this, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, I have such an affinity for the Arkham series. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, fuck, bro, that Arkham, that first game, Arkham Asylum, was it was just filled with. Not not even as a uh, you know a Batman comic book fan, but as somebody who just enjoys games for what they're able to sort of cement you in you know a separate world and engross you right. in these crazy styles, and to have that one be so macabre and almost Tim Burton esque, I thought was fantastic. Um, and so anything that Rocksteady does, I am behind. And this was really, for me, uh, a sigh of relief because we had only seen cinematic trailers and, you know, story stuff. And so I was like, okay, where's the gameplay? You know, none of that matters if the game looks like shit. And uh, this put all that to rest. Uh, And so I think, you know, to load this up with the boys, maybe minus Romeo, um, (laughs) would be fantastic. Uh, I think uh, playing as Harley Quinn or Captain Boomerang would be hilarious. Um, and then Deadshot and, um, I, I don't know what the shark dude's name is. Those would be fan, fun as, t- fun as well. I, and I, it looks like all of this is co- sort of in like a open world, you know? So you just roam around the map, beating up good guys, bad guys, robots. I, I couldn't tell exactly what. Um, and then eventually kill the Flash, the Justice League. I mean, the full title is Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Um, and of course I doubt that fully will come to pass, uh, but maybe they off a couple of them because it seems like the justice league has been taken hostage by, I don't know, 
Ultron, that's... <laughs> for anybody in DC, they just cringed because uh, Ultron's in Marvel. But whatever. I think this looks... Uh, yeah, exactly. Nobody nobody cares, but uh, I think this looks awesome. After and that... finally... Yeah, I was going to say, after got, that... Uh, I was just gonna say I, I couldn't care for Sonic, so yeah. we can we can go into the into the important ones now. Mm-hmm. So first up, uh, that Alan Wake reveal. Now, neither you nor <laughs> I, <laughs> we are posers, have played the first one, um, but we are really into the world. We've both played Control. And Which is in the Alan Wake world. Exactly. Uh, spoilers. Um, but yeah. Uh, and we love... Game's it. two I years mean, old, I, sorry. At least I did. I I think it's by far one of my favorite games. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really excited to see that Remedy is doing more stuff in that world. I mean, we kind of knew it already, but, but it's just fun to see... Uh, which is the game that they were working on. Um, and this story is a monster. Exactly. Um, so we'll have to, well, first up, play the first one <laughs> so that we can stop being posers. Um, but then, I mean, and the remaster is out, so. Yeah, Tevin was playing. Yeah, exactly. So, so there we go. Um, so, yeah. Very excited for that. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to say about uh, not, that? Not, no, not too much outside of what you were saying. You know, I think uh, this was a long, a long time coming for a lot of people. Um, and I've heard from multiple uh, outlets that this was the biggest reveal of the show. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, because uh, we all knew that they were working on something. Yeah, but... like there was a lot of talks about that multiplayer game, and of course they released that Ooh. one screenshot which definitely yeah. looks to be more in like the control side of oh, uh, the world I rather mean, than the Alan definitely Wake. in the control yeah yeah but uh, i still need to go back to control um yes. i think well we both need to uh but yeah uh so to to see alan wake 2 come and i don't know for <laughs> for me he doesn't look like alan wake um like if you if you've seen him in the first game and then American Nightmare, um, I don't know that you you know, you do see him in Control, but he's like mm-hmm. live action, um, which yeah. I don't know if there are live action segments in the original and American Nightmare, um, but if there are, maybe maybe it's the same actor. Either way, I I didn't at first think Alan Wake, but of course you know the big title comes out and you can't not know at that point. Um, but yeah, I thought the tone of it. Uh, was definitely, definitely dreary um, and very horror-esque. And the developers have blatantly said that they're leaning into that horror aspect of it. Um, so maybe this is that AAA horror experience you and I need, bro. Um, maybe it is. And Remedy definitely knows their stuff when it comes to writing. So if they can deliver they on really you know, the gameplay side without uh, a crazy-ass chick who can you know fly and throw shit, um, then I'm there. Yeah, 100%. And now the big, 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 biggie, biggie, big one. Um, <laughs> finally, uh, Hellblade Two: Sanuous Saga. I am so excited for this game. I loved the first one. 
um, played it twice. Um, Damn. And once again, excellent recommendation, excellent experience. It just like it's one of those games that just makes you cry. And um, yeah, I'm like the trailer looks amazing. Um, it definitely looks um, different, way different from uh, the first game. I think this is gonna be more. Oh, I have no idea to be honest. Um, but it looks great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was mean, I was surprised at the the graphics. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like you're interacting with more people in this game, um, which is going to be interesting because in the first game, it's essentially it's just, just yeah cinema. Um, They're definitely and, like flashback sequences, and of course, I don't know anything really after she crosses the bridge. Um, so all right, you haven't finished it. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Um, I'm really excited for it, and and the trailer looks amazing. I was happy to see that there were still like, because I I honestly like once you finish it, and I I won't spoil it for you, Ben, but mm-hmm. I was just baffled when I realized that they were gonna do another one because I was like, where does it go? How can, how can these have a sequel? Yeah. So I'm still like I still don't know what what's gonna what the justify story, the second game. Yeah, what the story is gonna be, but. But I'm really happy to see that they are keeping some of the things from like the first game, so like the voices in her head and all that stuff. Um, that's gonna be fun. So I'm just really excited to play it. Yeah, I like I said, I think this looks fantastic. Um, my hesitation comes in. Sorry, my hesitation comes in when I don't know the the, the trailer to me, although gorgeous was very evidently like super stitched together and i couldn't tell whether or not that was due to well no because well yeah i i couldn't tell whether it was gameplay being stitched into cinematics or the game running and that's just how it was looking swapping so frequently between cinematics and gameplay Um, because it was very noticeable when, you know, the person was playing and when sort of the controls were taken away from them, or maybe they could only press forward or only press backwards, you know? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, uh, something that a lot of developers can, um, use to, you know, uh, set up cinematic moments and, and these sort of, uh, set pieces as they're called, um, in gaming when in essence, the controls are taken away from the player for, uh, you know, exposition, or story purposes. Uh, and so I am curious to see how much of that there is in the game as a whole, um, you know, because uh, there are a lot in the first one, but, you know, a lot of it is very open as well. You, there are a lot of sections of, you know, you just roaming around these uh, play areas, fighting the bosses, and then getting a cutscene. Um, whereas this was like, I don't know, I, like I was saying, I don't know about the second half of the first game, but uh, in the first half and, and what I played, there weren't, really these quiet moments that lasted as long as they did um right. in, in this trailer and it were it were moments that had you um you know controlling in and out of this cutscene like they were showing um so that that was my only hesitation i still think it looks fantastic and i'm still gonna try it um and you know i still need to i will i swear to you i will not play the second one until i finish the first you um 
which might mean I, I finish it the week before the second one comes out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. That's fine. Um, I will allow it. Yes. So looking forward to more of this. Um, looking looking good so far. And with that, that's really all of the news that came out of the Game Awards, at least all the stuff we really cared about. There was a, a, a new Star Wars game announced, um, Star Wars Eclipse, which I believe is going to take place between uh, the Old Republic and the New Age, or whatever the hell the fucking timelines in Star Wars are called. I'm not a Star Wars head, so don't don't yell at me. Um, but this is a, a Quantic Dream title. Uh, Quantic Dream is a dev studio. Um, that I, I honestly don't know what the last game they made was. I think it might've been, um, Detroit, if I'm Mm, remembering that, uh, correctly. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Yeah. Detroit. Um, so very, very story heavy. And I think cinematically this trailer was fantastic. I, I didn't include it. Um, but if you want to Romeo, you can go give it a quick look and, uh, we can, uh, Stitch it in whenever you uh get time we, with we, that. We might wait for Tevin because he's like the real Yeah, he's definitely the Star, Star Wars, Wars geek fan. out of all of us. Yeah. He's he's seen the entire Clone Wars series, he's seen all of the movies, he's you know, on Disney Plus watching uh you know all the Star Wars visions. So he is definitely the guy to go to and uh, would no doubt have more insight for us. So we'll we'll leave that till next time. Uh, but like I said, that was all that came out of the Game Awards, so uh, we can move on to the next news. After that, of course, you know, the Game Awards took uh, a sizable portion of the week, but we have a, a, a brief announcement from Google that dropped alongside the Game Awards, which is that they are bringing Android games to Windows uh, at some point next year. What does that even mean? Uh, in essence, they're going to allow, I don't know if all, but maybe just games that they have given a pass for um, on the Android Play Store, uh, you can then uh, presumably download them via the Google Play Store on the desktop, or some are speculating maybe there's going to be a Steam integration. Um, but yeah, do you have any you have any thoughts about this? Not really. I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but... Um... Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what to think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of people that are saying that, you know, this is just a, a natural progression of the industry, and I agree. Okay. You know, games are games, so why wouldn't I be able to play a mobile game on the desktop? You already can if you download an Android emulator. Um, right. So now this is, in essence, just getting rid of a step, and hopefully they don't put it behind any sort of paywall like... Android desktop, pay five bucks a month or five bucks I mean, a year. You know. I mean, you don't think they will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't think they will, but no doubt they're going to slap you with it. But I think that they there's no way they could get away with that with the amount. You know, if, if any of these titles are free on the App Store, I don't think anybody's going to pay any sort of subscription or uh, initial fee to get these games uh, on their right. desktop. So Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. There are a couple titles that, you know, like Call of Duty has a mobile game. PUBG has a mobile game. There are a couple MOBAs that are only on mobile um, that now are going to have, you know, an even greater audience. And uh, when it comes to demographics, China and and Asia as a whole 
definitely play a lot more mobile games than uh, US. So th- that'll definitely emerge the markets a bit more. And so uh, okay. might lead to some uh, interesting uh, revelations, I guess. Nothing uh, really to write home about. I don't know that I'll be uh, chomping at the bit to get any of these mobile games on my desktop. Um, I and I, I can... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Just uh, basically the other biggest thing. You know, Google. After that, we have a brief update on Halo. Uh, I talked about it earlier, but that was only about the campaign. This uh, is specific to the multiplayer in that they have updated both, I believe, uh, progression as well as uh, the playlists that you can queue for. Um, Up until uh, the time of hearing this and and Halo in its current state, you could only quick play queue, which was an entire pool of game modes um, that was, you know, capture the flag, domination, free-for-all, or not free-for-all, Slayer there, uh, TDM. Uh, and a lot of people, although enjoyed that, was being like, you know, I just want to queue for free for all, or I just want to queue for Slayer, or I just want to queue for, you know, a singular mode within the pool. Uh, and you couldn't do that. However, now you can. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, big ups to the devs for uh, listening to the Halo community as much as they have uh, since launch. We're about a, a month away from uh, when the beta initially uh, went live, and we've had basically an entire overhaul of the progression and uh, are now seeing, you know, definite uh, strides and steps to expand just the uh, multiplayer game modes and uh, the selection therein. So if you are a Halo fan, you uh, now have that. Alongside Halo, in a bit of a Halo history, Bungie is having their 30-year celebration in Destiny 2, which sees you getting a lot of Halo um, one, two, and th- or not one, two, and three, but Halo in general themed weaponry uh, in Destiny. Obviously, these aren't you know licensed because Halo now or Halo as a franchise is owned by Microsoft. But there's nothing licensed about a, an energy sword or a, a lightsaber, you know. So uh, you know you can pick up some pretty cool weapons in Destiny that are based off of um, the original weapons from uh, the first couple of Halos. Uh, so. Nice little uh, marriage of those two franchises. And I think I will maybe step into Destiny just to see how easy one of those might be able to uh, obtain. Um, have you seen any of this from you? No, I haven't been able to touch any Destiny in a minute. So, But I'm I'm really excited for it. So we yeah, might have to jump into it exactly. again. Just give it a try. And then in an ever-progressing shitstorm that is the Activision Blizzard uh, fiasco. Uh, In a public letter to their employees, Activision Blizzard um, and one of their execs warned the employees against unionizing um, due to some rumblings therein of uh, the workers basically coming together and uh, saying, this needs to stop. Um, In the letter, the uh, exec warns that, you know, when you do join a union, you are forfeiting your... Uh, voting rights to the union and will no longer have a say uh, as an independent. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't give a fuck because I don't have a say as an independent as it stands. So a union is uh, basically the counter to that. Uh, all the people that you know are the laymen, are the labor workers when it comes to a game dev studio uh, would have much more of a, a stronger force um, when it came to, you know, negotiating their uh, contract and having a say in how the company is run as a whole. 
Um, there was a funny uh, quote on Twitter that was like, unions are like condoms. If you have somebody convincing you you really don't need one, you probably do. So, uh, you know, just some more Activision Blizzard news. In an equally sort of a shitty, I mean, maybe maybe this isn't as shitty as it, as it is, and I'm curious to see your opinion, Romeo, on this next topic. Uh, but an equally interesting move, Ubisoft announced and launched Ubisoft Quartz, which is their NFT branch of uh, the gaming space. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> the video was downvoted into oblivion and was delisted and is no longer public. It is still a private video, and so if you have a direct link, I have no clue how you would uh, get a direct link, but if you had a direct link to this video, you could still watch it. Um, but it, in essence, just showed off this, uh, I think the first NFT is called Digit, um, and it is in Ghost Recon Wildlands. So, again, sucks that Tevin isn't here. I played Wildlands for all of a week um, and couldn't, or not Wildlands, um, Fuck, what is this new one called? Uh, now I gotta go look this up. Ghost Recon. Oh, Breakpoint. I didn't, uh, I didn't even have to finish this Google search. In Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, but like I said, delisted. All this fiasco did not have too many people singing its praises. Romeo, what are your thoughts on uh, NFTs when uh, it, it comes to the gaming space? Are you open to them? Are you... Are, do you not I mean, want them marring your gaming experience? I I don't even know what they would entail. Like, so, uh, are you aware of CS:GO skins? Right. So, in essence, an NFT would be a CS:GO skin that acts the same way. You can trade it, you can sell it, you can you know mm-hmm. hold it. Um, and it, it will keep a track of all of its previous owners and right. all of its previous prices and, and all these attributes, and then it can't be duplicated. So, uh, presumably were Ubisoft to, uh, give at least this first one, the respect that it has, there won't be a duplicate of this customization option, which means you will only ever be able to use this customization piece if you own and can verify that you own the NFT. Obviously, a lot of people will be able to look at it, and there are images of it, but you will only be able to apply it to your character. Um, oh, so yeah. the only owner. Exactly. Uh, However, you can also release NFTs in you know sets. So you know, let's say there's a gun, but it only has a certain number uh, of releases, say a thousand. There are only a thousand of that gun in X game. And so presumably the people, the player base within the game, only a thousand will ever be able to use that. Now that thousand will change based on the whims of the people who own it, be it through uh, sell or trade. Um, But yeah, there will only ever be that finite amount. I don't know. I don't like the idea. I mean, I feel like it it could lend itself to more just... More of this sort of pay for whatever, you know, pay for pay to play, pay to win, whatever. Um, as lo- I mean, as long as the as the skin or whatever it is, the gun isn't like giving you abilities that you wouldn't have or you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, maybe, but at the same time, I think 
cool thing about games is that we all have the ability to get certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as you take that away, I don't know, it feels like... On the other hand... This could also the, be a uh, way to make money. Yes. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, what, what I was going to say, because I hadn't thought about that, but yes, I'll I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that it also allows you to be like completely, oh, it would allow you to be completely, um, what's the word? Um, like Unique. Uh, yeah, unique. There you go. Um, which is cool. I mean, exactly. I think something you're always trying to to do is just like trying to make your character or your mm-hmm. avatar. Um, and to be, have something that could not be duplicated or is certifiably exclusive in a way would bring yeah. even more of that uniqueness. Exactly. So, I, I, I mean, I think there are good things and bad things about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I would be um, too into it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, to be honest. What do you think? Yes. So... I definitely have a bit more of a nuanced take. Um, For those unaware, I am not a crypto bro, I would say, but definitely uh, I have more than a toe. Yeah, I have more than a toe in the space. Um, And and I've definitely done a lot more research when it comes to uh, at least crypto, not so much NFTs because NFTs are, in essence, uh, a separate beast. They act in a lot of the same ways, but their ecosystem is entirely... uh, uh, not entirely separate. I'm I'm treating these as too exclusionary. Crypto, an NFT, non-fungible token, is a cryptocurrency. For all intents and purposes, on the blockchain, it acts the exact same. Um, cryptocurrency are transactional. NFTs are transactional in that they are written on the blockchain, and then you can go and look that this owner owns this, whatever resides in this hash code. And what resides in that hash code can be a video, it can be uh, an image, it can be a 3D model, it can be, you know, now a customizable uh, in game video or in video game uh, gear piece. So, you know, uh, in essence, all the blockchain is doing is just saying, hey, this is, you know, it, it's an, uh, in essence, a certificate of authenticity. Um, and that's really all you need uh, when it comes to, you know, digital, uh, I guess, assets is what we're going to call them. Funnily enough, though, I think that NFTs only have a future in gaming or in a, a sort of metaverse uh, aspect. Mm. I see what you mean. Because, uh, you know, as it stands, the the current buzz is NFTs when it comes to, you know, videos or profile pics or, you know, of course, people how to run. Right. And these are just JPEGs. You know, these aren't anything special. And so, you know, anybody can duplicate them, you know, uh, and of course, you don't have the original, just like you could take a picture of the Mona Lisa or even make a duplicate of the Mona Lisa, but it's not the Mona Lisa. That's, of course, you know, what everybody goes to, to to explain NFTs. However... You know, for JPEGs, that's entirely different. You can just right-click save, and sure, you don't have the JPEG that is saved in the hash code on the blockchain, um, and that really only matters to the owner and anybody else that wants to, quote-unquote, own that JPEG. But the game changes, no pun intended, when it comes to video games because 
the blockchain will have a, a registered copy of that. However, it's useless just on the blockchain and as a visual, presumably. So when it comes to video games and there being an application of the NFT on your character in a, in a home hub, uh, maybe as a weapon, and it then has utility within that video game, like I said, that's where I definitely start to be intrigued a bit more and, and can sort of see the future. There is then a further caveat that I have. I think if there are NFTs in a video game, that video game from end to end needs to be NFTs because mm -hmm. I don't want NFTs in a non-NFT video game, you know? If right. there's a video game that has a lot of mechanics and then has like one or two NFTs, I think that mars it because like you were saying, it has this sort of exclusivity that shouldn't be there for gameplay purposes. However, if you build a video game from the ground up, around nfts and incorporate them from the get i think there then isn't a problem because it's the players you know if they want to look unique and this is a way to ensure their uniqueness then why not you know and i think a lot of people were worrying, wondering about the cost it's like come on guys nfts right now are you know uh, super overpriced. I think when these things come to their actual price, you know, they're going to be a couple bucks. If you look at the uh, CSGO skin marketplace, there's drastic, you know, price hikes when it comes to the launch of a skin or, you know, to the release of a new uh, case. And so all of these prices are super inflated. But as time goes on and, and the skin gets old or people, you know, it, it isn't the hot thing anymore, prices stabilizing, you can get a CSGO skin for five cents two cents you, you can also get a csgo skin for eight hundred dollars right That's so ridiculous. yeah <laughs> and of course there are people that are always going to say it's ridiculous but that isn't that <laughs> as as blunt as this is that doesn't matter to the person playing the video game right because exactly. you haven't even played cs or you've played csgo but you're not a csgo player exactly however if you have 500 hours logged in csgo and you want a 800 knife I don't see the problem with that. Right. And an NFT might even take that to a further step because that knife might have been owned by a pro player that you really enjoy and has, you know, uh, in essence, gone from hand to hand, purchaser to purchaser, and has at some point happenstance landed in your lap and you can say, hey, this game item was owned by somebody, you know, I had, I had a great fascination for. And there then is that aspect of, you know, cherishment that i don't think is uh uh something that a lot of people are realizing and might only be realizable by the people that are in the know when it comes to you know things like the steam marketplace uh skin trading so that'll be my rant on the subject um i think definitely a lot of stuff needs to get ironed out and i agree that a single nft in a in a video game that doesn't have nfts isn't the way to go um We'll see. There are already rumblings of games on blockchains. There are already games on blockchains that are entirely on the blockchain. There are people in um, Malaysia that that's literally how they make money is playing a mobile game. Um, and that's fantastic because outside of that, they don't have many prospects. But if you can say, hey, you know, here's a video game and you can earn money at the same time. Why not? You know, Um. 
so yeah, like I said, that's my rant. Definitely a lot of stuff uh, needs to get ironed out and, uh, you know, the the uh, community as a whole needs to figure out what the hell we all want to do with this, if we even want it as a part of the industry. Not if, it is, unfortunately. Um, so we definitely just need to figure out its position within it. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a lot to uh, consider and uh, we'll see how it progresses. After that... <laughs> I don't know that we have too much more to go over. Um, this is uh, th- this next topic is one uh, that is pretty important when it comes to the PC market. This already happened quite a while ago and, and didn't even really seem to affect the console market. Uh, but for Spoken, on its PC release is going to be $70. Um, up until that game, I believe, even current next-gen titles are still only $60 or even cheaper um, on PC. So, it, and there are a lot of PC people that are like, why the, you know, why the fuck are you going to charge me this extra $10? My PC is doing the work. You're not selling me another console, console that can only run it. And right. you're really giving me no more product than I already have gotten. Um, so definitely a lot of pushback when it comes to the PC space. But like I said, the uh, console market didn't flinch. You know, every next gen game is now $70 and people still buy video games. Of course. Um, so I'm curious to see how much, uh, talk there is. And then when push comes to shove, how well it's going to do. Um, because you know, people love to talk, but when it comes down to it, they usually don't really care. And, uh, it'll probably be the new normal, which kind of sucks. You know, we're now going to have to pay nearly, I mean, not that we weren't paying nearly a hundred dollars, but now even closer to a hundred dollars for a, uh, PC title. But, uh, yeah. Just the uh, way of the world, I guess. And then in an equally dreary um, set of events, which is kind of melancholic, and that you and I both have a dear love and fascination for Death Stranding, um, but Sony has patented their multiplayer components of Death Stranding, which means there will be no mechanics similar to Death Stranding's, you know, putting down a structure, leaving likes in a, in a world that seeps into another player, single player world, uh, that just won't exist in other games. Um, which really sucks because Kojima himself was, uh, somebody that was looking forward to there being future strand games, not made by himself, but made by other people. Um, and of course, you know, Sony, the, uh, the <laughs> Mr. Moneybags in the scenario said, yeah, you know, fuck all that dreaming shit. Uh, we're gonna patent it and make sure nobody else can use it. Um, yeah. So definitely sad stuff. Do you have any? Do you have any real thoughts about this? I mean, just the same, really. I mean, on the one hand, it might be fun to see more games created by Kojima or by Sony, but I was really looking forward to see this in used by other creators in more different ways. Um, and I guess we won't. Yeah, super sad stuff, but it's uh, the way of the world, as we are uh, learning in many of these uh, news stories. And then finally, as a uh, cap to the news uh, cycle, I guess, for the week, uh, I I added this exclusively because of the uh, comedy factor. But PUBG is going free-to-play in January of next year with the title PUBG Battlegrounds, which, if you are familiar with what the acronym PUBG stands for, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, 
The full title of this game, launching in January, free to play, will be Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Battlegrounds. <laughs> so, just a, a funny little a uh, little joke. Exactly. Note to round out the otherwise uh, <laughs> dreary <Really>? listing <laughs> yeah. uh, this week. You have any? Uh, have you have you touched PUBG at all? No. Exactly. No, no. You you know that's not my kind of game. Yeah, it's it. Uh, you know Battle Royale though, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You, you've tried multiple times with many different games. Of course, and, and I'm not going to try and sell it on you now. However, I will yeah. give you a bit of a history lesson. So PUBG, just that uh, straight up, it was first called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That was the title of the video game. Um, this launched, I want to say, back in like 2015, 2016, maybe even earlier. However, Pub Player Unknown, sorry, was a modder for um you know who what a modder is, yeah? M O D D E R. Um was a modder for Arma 2 that created this game mode. Now, of course, he stole it from um that that Asian film that has all the high schoolers in uh I think it was just called Battle Royale that has all the high school high schoolers killing themselves that I believe is from the early 90s. Um, that is the first, you know, really recorded event uh, story-wise when it comes to uh, Battle Royales and then, of course, the Hunger Games. Either way, he was the first guy to do it when it came um, to the video game space because he modded Arma, which is uh, a, an, a military uh, sim. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. You know, you drop it. In essence, it acted the same way. You were brought in uh, in a plane over the uh, Arma map and you dropped in with randomly spawn loot and you just had to be the last guy to survive then armor 3 came out he he did a mod for that uh however he gained enough of a following that he was able to create a dev studio i believe uh blue blue something i they're not even called that anymore because they're now known as PUBG. um and they created player unknowns battlegrounds this launched on steam you had to buy it for 30 bucks um and you know it had it, its highs and then we had the wave of copycats your fortnites your apex legends your you know x y or z you know, any franchise you know now has a battle royale in it and so in, in the cycle the funny cycle that is life in order to compete with PUBG, the new battle royales had to make themselves free and one by one, they all went free to play. Even Call of Duty, who their original Battle Royale was behind a paywall, went free to play after its next iteration. And finally, PUBG is going free to play. So, but it is under Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Battlegrounds. <laughs> and I don't know if there's an irony in that. I don't know if there's a story to be had, but that was a history lesson, and I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I always do. Well, sweet. Um, to cap out this episode, we have the games coming out this week. I only have two titles. It's been pretty slow. I think uh, Halo was our last real launch for the year. So up until February of next year, which uh, whew, has a lot of hitters. Elden Ring, the mm. new Horizon, <laughs> Destiny Witch Queen. Uh, so up until February, I don't know that we're going to have too much in this uh, category. But for this week, we did see Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate uh, come to PC finally. This came out, I believe, last year or even... No, it was definitely last year. Last year uh, to PlayStation exclusively um, with the PC port uh, at some point 
And so now we're uh, finally getting it. You can find it on the Epic Game Store as of the 16th. I think by the time you're hearing this, though, uh, it will already be out. And then Ready or Not hits early access on Steam. Uh, Funnily enough, they were forced by Steam uh, because you can list uh, games on Steam that have closed uh, access. However... They had given away so many keys that Steam was like, yeah, we're not giving you any more keys to the game. Just make it early access. And so they did. Um, This is a, uh, I don't know if breaking the, it's a SWAT style game. If you're familiar with uh, what SWAT was back in uh, the 90s and 2000s. Um, Think of what Rainbow Six was trying, what Rainbow Six Siege was trying to be um, and is now a bastardization of. You uh, are a uh, SWAT member or, you know, uh, infiltrating force member that has to defuse a, a tense situation, be it a hostage, be it a bomb, be it just uh, infiltrating a, uh, an enemy camp. Uh, however, you have to go through this super methodically, making sure that you kill only those who need to be killed and saving those that are uh, in need of saving. If you shoot somebody who has a gun pointed at you, um, that, and then is pulling away and raising their hands, you get docked. So you really, you know, and you can only shoot them if you've already announced that you're coming in. It's like, it's crazy stuff. So if that's your cup of tea, it is on a uh, steam early access. And then finally we have the free stuff roundup on Epic games. You can find, I don't believe dead by daylight is on there anymore, but you can find Godfall challenger edition as well as prison architect on twitch prime for this month you still get the smattering that is need for speed hot pursuit fuck need for speed hot pursuit remastered Frostpunk, journey to the savage planet football manager 2021 and more on game pass you can get aliens fireteam elite and the gunk fireteam elite is honestly a game i might have to give a try are you familiar uh, with this title, Romeo? Uh, I am not. Are you? You're no doubt familiar with Alien, though. No? The movie, yes. seminal classic. Yes. Absolutely. This is a uh, four-person co-op set in that uh, universe. Mm-hmm. And then finally, on Ubisoft, you can get, I believe, still uh, Anno 1404 for free, and just if you have a Ubisoft account, which is uh, zero dollars. You don't need the Ubisoft Plus, so. Go snag that if you can, and if uh, any of those titles uh, pique your interest. Well, I think that was. Uh, I think that's it, Romeo. You have any uh, closing comments? Uh, any thoughts? Um, not really. Um, uh, I guess next time it'll be interesting to hear Tev's thoughts on that new Star Wars. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Apart from that, I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, and Tev will have thoughts on basically all of this so we'll basically have a, a rehash of probably his favorites from this which yeah. uh you know I, I have no problem with and so y'all will have to endure we'll see romeo thank you uh for joining me uh i hope you enjoyed uh spending this time uh, i definitely did and i think uh, always a pleasure of course we had a we had a blast always fun uh talking about games Well, we hope y'all enjoyed listening, um, and that will call it for episode number 11 of M.Paradise. Find us on YouTube and Spotify, as well as Google Podcasts. Until the next episode, we hope y'all have a nice life. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Adios.